we're all going to look back on this time and it's going to be so vivid and we want to, you know, we want to be able to think, well, how did I show up? How did I respond under that kind of stress? And did I behave in line with my core values and what I really believe? Is it kindness? Is it compassion? Is those things you want to be thinking about when you think, how do I respond to this situation? So to everyone listening in, thanks so much for joining us. I'm Andrew Duncan, and today I am joined by the wonderful Lucy Sanderson-Gammon, who is a, a career coach at Luminous Consulting. Lucy, we first met in 2019, and I became a, uh, a coaching client of yours. And to give everyone a bit of background, you helped me immensely during a period where I was looking at a career change, essentially, and, and also trying to decide whether to carry on a business that I was running. And first and foremost, you really helped me to develop and maintain a, a positive mindset, which was so valuable and still is incredibly useful every day. And, and you also gave me the confidence to that it was okay to spend time thinking about what would suit me best. Uh, and that can be, a, I feel like, a hard thing for a lot of us <laughs> Kiwis to do. Yeah. So when this lockdown came about, you know, and, and right now I should say we're, we're very late March, right in the midst of, a, of the lockdown. I started thinking there must be a lot of people who are suddenly thrust into this position where they have potentially time on their hands. It's a it's an opportunity to pause and reflect on what you're doing and what you want to do down the track. And I felt thinking of those people, your wisdom uh, could be so beneficial. Also, I personally have a number of friends who have been thrust into a transitional time where they've been made redundant like so many other people. And for them, I thought some of your knowledge might be really timely uh, if you are in a position where you're thinking, what am I going to do moving forward? How do I, how do I use this time and, and what's the future going to look like for me? So uh, you very kindly have agreed to jump on this podcast. Now, thank you so much for doing that. <laughs> you're you're <laughs> <And> welcome. <laughs> you've also written a blog post titled How to Reduce the Impact of the Coronavirus Crisis on Your Career, which is incredibly timely. So I'll put a link to that article in the show notes, and that's, I think it's going to be a really useful resource for people. But I thought perhaps if we could use that as a base and talk through the, the advice, uh, we can hopefully pass on some, uh, some gold to, to anyone listening. Tell us, first of all, before we get into it, though, tell us about how you help your clients. What does that normally look like? The way I talk about it is I help them to understand what good looks like for them when it comes to their working world. It's a bit about helping them build their capability to manage their own careers, really. So um, I take them through a whole process that helps them to understand themselves better. And then, you know, what are, what are their values, their strengths, their skills, their, you know, what sort of lifestyle do they want to be living quite a comprehensive process so that the end of it, uh, at the end of it, they just feel so much more confident to to make their own career decisions from there on in. But one of the things that I often get feedback about, clients might get hold of me a few months down the track and say, I've got this new job that I never would have looked at had we not been through that process. So they just are more confident to spot the right opportunities for them you know, and, and more confident about making a call on what might be a good fit. And so I think that's really important, especially now when people are worrying about, you know, what's the future world of work going to look like after all of this? How am I going to cope? I mean, the thing is, we don't actually know exactly what it's going to look like, but we do know 
people will have had an experience of working differently. They will have been um, innovative and uh, creative in about how and where we do our work. So the more people understand what good looks like for them, the more they're going to be able to make that call about what, which of these opportunities are going to be a good fit for them. When you talked about when we worked together, and one of the key things that you took from that is some of the, um, the mindsets. You know, it's interesting that, I mean, obviously I'm not a, I'm not a, um, a mental health therapist, but it's definitely the, the mindsets that people come with when they're, when they're thinking about a career change and they're thinking about jobs is so much. Their mindsets is, is paramount to get that right first. People, people come with all sorts of stories that they tell themselves about, you know, oh, I'm too specialised or I'm too generalised or maybe my career has been too eclectic and, or maybe I've been at the wrong, you know, the same place for too long. And it's, it's getting on top of those unhelpful thoughts and stories that's really important. And I think that leads nicely into what's going to help people now, right, because you've got to get that, those skills around mental around your mental health and well-being you've got to be able to get on top of those things in order that you can then start to be a bit hopeful about the future opportunities right speaking from experience when we had our coaching sessions i would come home and my wife and friends would say oh so so what what new job are you going to do what's your career change going to be and i'm like no 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 no. you know the first few sessions it took so much time just to unpack the stories i was telling myself uh, which were potentially negative or, or, or not helpful. We spent a lot of time on values and mindset and, and in hindsight that was surprising at the time but so, so worthwhile. Right now you've got a situation where people have a lot of time on their hands and that can be really useful or it can be slightly dangerous too if you do, if you get into a negative headspace that can snowball and you can you can get into a you know a mouse on a wheel situation where you can um, be pretty tough on yourself so I'm hopeful that for anyone out there feeling like that's that's where they're heading towards they they can um, find the resources they need to, to get on the right track and interesting in your article that you lead with mental health as the first kind of topic what are some of the questions that people could ponder potentially or what are some of the resources that maybe they could look at if, if, if they want to spend some time working on that, that self-care? I think the main thing, definitely, yes, the self-care, you know, the, 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 the um, having some routines, keeping physically active, being healthy as you can, but in term, you know, even in lockdown and just taking care of those sorts of things. But it's the mental health, I think, that is paramount, as we've talked about. And part of that is, you know, as any of the mental health therapists will tell you, is to focus on those things that you can control, what is in your control. We don't actually know what's going to happen exactly at the other end of this. I had one client, in fact, I've had a few clients just thinking about how do I cope in this environment? Is it, should I be, you know, these getting back to the stories we tell ourselves, you know, it's selfish to be thinking about what would um, good look like for me in my career when there's bigger world problems going on, you know. that's It's such a first world problem to worry about my own career when these things are happening. But on the other hand, it's the ideal time when you don't have the busyness of normal life and you've got this quiet time to where you can spend it productively contemplating and, and um, thinking about some of these things that we don't normally get time to do that's going to be really helpful in future. So I think 
the answer to that is when when people are conflicted about what I what should I spend my time doing when the world's got bigger problems, it's we can't solve the world's bigger problems. I mean, there might be some positive things that come out of this that we all can collectively contribute to, but what we need to do now is focus on what we can do for us that sets us up to make the most of, of opportunities in the new normal, whatever, what's, you know, however it's going to look on the other side of this. And the point I was making in my article too is that some of the things that you can do now will serve you well also, not only coping during the lockdown, but will also serve you well in your you know, future careers. So if you learn some skills about how to get on top of those unhelpful mindsets, you know, how, how to deal with some of that anxiety and fear, how to deal with stress, unfortunately there's always going to be workplace stress. So if you've got some really good skills that you can develop that are going to help you through this period of time during lockdown and during the pandemic crisis, they are going to serve you well in your future world of work. So so that's one of the things. Another another thing was to start to un- spend some time understanding yourself better of what suits you, what doesn't suit you. You know, as I mentioned before, that's, that's the work, work I do with people quite a lot is, is helping them to think about the, the clues, what they can take from their previous experiences that are going to help inform their future job choices. Such a golden yeah, opportunity so- to, to pause and reflect, as you say. Such an such an opportunity, and if you have some some good things to ponder rather than the the sort of negative thoughts, then uh, you'll be well on your way to making good use of your time. And something you talk about in the article is becoming an expert clue finder, which you just touched on just now. And I love that phrase. Tell, tell us more about what that what that means. So I, I talk about that, and I help people. Often people will say to me, "I try and do this sort of thing on my own, and I just go round and round in circles." Um, and I just can't do it. So I give them a bit of a framework to start gathering those clues together, become an expert clue finder in your own, you know, for yourself and look back about, uh, look back on all of your work experiences and think what suited me, what hasn't suited me, what's worked well, what hasn't, um, so that they can really inform your future job choices. So every session that we do has another focus, whether we're looking at values or strengths or whatever it is. But through each session, you're just getting really into that mindset of being, of just really noticing. You know, and it's interesting about um, just how important some, you, you know, it might seem trivial, but what's what's my ideal kind of work environment or working schedule or, you know, am I someone who likes working on shifts or do I need structure or, and this can this can really matter. I mean, I did have one client who said, you know, I could easily do 12-hour days, five days a week, no problem, so long as I didn't start before 12. You make me start before 12, I'm going to burn out. I can only do six hours, you know. Huge difference. If they, The more aware someone like that goes in to speak to a prospective new employer, she's going to say, hey, here's how you get the best out of me you'll get twice as much productivity out of me if you let me do my hours that suit me. And what sort of employer is going to say no to that? I mean, maybe if they do, they're not the kind of employer you want to work for. But <laughs> It's really important to have that reassurance that it's okay to think about those things. You know, so many of us get caught in the trap of just thinking work is 40, 50 hours a week and that's what you do. You don't see all the people that make the most of their opportunities to say, no, look, I want to have Friday afternoons off or I want to work four days a week or I want to be able to work 30 hours a week total. And, and these things are potentially possible if you 
if you go about it the right way. But but first and foremost, you need to understand what that ideal balance actually looks like to you and, and what's going to be sustainable for you. Um, that was something when we met, you gave me confidence that it was okay to to consider these things. You know, you asked me what my ideal working life would look like. And I said, you know, I think something like 9.30 to 3.30, four days a week. And I felt so, so guilty and sort of selfish kind of verbalizing that like I was, you know, being ungrateful or uh, somehow kind of self-indulgent, you know. So, so it was really nice to have that reassurance that, that it's okay to actually consider what's going to be best for you. You don't have to sort of shun those things to the side. And that's so common and that's what I what I see with clients all the time and, and that's why we need to work through first helping people get to the point where they can give themselves permission to think about what would their ideal be. And that's really, really hard for people because all sorts of stories do come up. Stories like, what's one? I should I should just be grateful for the job I have. It's your life. You get to choose how you spend that. But it's getting into that mindset that enables you to give yourself permission to think about the ideal. And even if um, the very next job you do is not the ideal job, and, you know, that's not always realistic that, you know, you're just going to wake up one day and that'll be your your dream job. But you've got to give yourself permission to think about what the ideal would be for you, you know, what's going to fit in with support your ideal kind of lifestyle, what, what sort of strengths do you want to be able to use on the job, what, it, what skills, what are you interested in, all, all sorts of things. You've got to be able to get into a headspace where you can give yourself permission to think about that and then you're are going to, you know, be far better place to be able to work towards that instead of um, that's yeah that that situation sometimes where people just get into something out of circumstance rather than choice, and then they human nature you want to do well and you you get better and better at it, you get promoted, and then twenty years later you wake up doing seventy hour you know weeks in a job you don't really like and think well, how do I get here you know so it's about getting to that place where you can start to think what would be ideal and then you can work towards that. Such a good point, especially now, even if you feel like, no, I just need to get a new job or, or get back into the swing of things now, these are, these are excellent questions you can ponder for, for the future, even if that's not the immediate next job you have or, your, or, or if it's not going to change your current role. This is a time which can be used to help you make educated decisions, whether it's six months, a year, two years, three years from now. One of just going back a step on the the clue finding subject for me, it really helped to think about what's what sort of work would I have done for free? Um, you know, what sort of work could I reflect on doing? You know, where I was in a situation where I, I didn't even look at the clock. And for me, as an example, I could write business plans all day long, <laughs> and for other people, <laughs> that would probably drive them crazy. But that that's a, a place where I feel in a state of flow and. You know, with your help boiled down that three things I love doing most were, you know, educating others, learning and sort of analyzing data or, or trying to um, get an understanding of things and solving business problems were three that I could spend all day doing every day and be happy as a clan. But before meeting you, I hadn't actually really nutted that out and just and pinned that down to what skills do I do I most like using? Not just what skills am I good at, but what skills do I actually find energizing to use? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, and, and that's the thing is um, often we're really good at things. It doesn't mean that we enjoy them. Some are really de-energizing. And, and again, it comes back to that self-awareness and understanding because otherwise you can very easily fall into that trap of 
you know, without that that awareness, you might just be putting your hand up for those jobs because they need to be done and you're good at doing them. Or you, it might be your employers and colleagues that recognised, hey, you're, you're great at this thing, you, you do more of that. Um, and next thing, it's a big part of the job and you're performing the job perfectly well, but it's just not exciting to you. It's not energising. So you can see why, though, it still always comes back to giving yourself permission to think about what would you enjoy doing most, what would you be most energised by, right? Because otherwise, yeah, you you just go with the things that you can do. It's going to be reactive rather than proactive. One of the other big subjects that you touch on in your article around the same sort of space is thinking about your core values. Um, Now, I know this is a very big topic, so we'll probably only get to briefly touch on it here, but I found that really eye-opening the process I went through with you. So would you be able to maybe touch on a little bit about what you mean by core values and and uh, how you think about that so uh, some people have a bit of a better understanding? Yeah, I think that's a really good a really good and relevant topic for this point in time, actually. When, you know, and what we're all going through, values is super important. And it's interesting sometimes, you know, I think people uh, occasionally when I, talk about values as being part of this whole process I take people through for career coaching sometimes there's surprise like well, what's values got to do with career coaching you know in a way but then it's inevitably it's one of the most powerful sessions we have with clients it just really helps them to because the values are it's like how do you want to show up in the world you know they're 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 those things that when you've got those big life decisions, they're going to be your your basically your decision making compass. These are the things that really, really matter. They're core to what matters to you as a human being. So it it is important to think about given you know once we ha- I help clients identify what they are their core seven values and as whole of life values, then we have a conversation about well given how important they are. What can that tell you about your work and job choices? Because if there is some kind of values conflict going on in your workplace, it will affect you. It will affect your mental health and well-being. And and all sorts, you know, light bulbs go off for people when they think about when once we do the values and they realise, well, no wonder I was so miserable in that job or that situation. No wonder I've been getting so upset. It's because what's going on is, is in conflict with these core values of what really matters to me as a human being, you know. And there's no time like now when we're all under stress to people to really think, well, actually, how do I want to show up? How do I want to be able to look back on this time and our lives, we're all going to look back on this time and it's going to be so vivid and we want to, you know, we want to be able to think, well, how did I show up? How did I respond under that kind of stress? And did I respond? Did I behave in line with my core values and what I really believe? Is it kindness? Is it compassion? Is those things you want to be thinking about when you think, how do I respond to this situation? And so that's another area where I was sort of referring to some of the work you could do now is really going to serve you well in the future as well. It's it's, uh, helped save me for myself too, having those core values mapped out because uh, it's a compass and it's also, uh, in a similar sense, a, a framework to make decisions by. And you know, I've had a few times since we met where I've been, had opportunities come my way where, I, you know, where I've wanted to accept them because of 
wanting to be grateful for the opportunity, uh, being you know, tied to the other person involved, or just thinking, you know, I should take every opportunity that comes along. But when I've actually reflected and thought about those values, it, it hasn't lined up. And, and so, yeah, it, it's, it's really saved me from myself on multiple occasions already, <laughs> just, just having those having those uh, those key things. For me, there were seven values, but um, uh, yeah, it might be two or three or four, as you say, it's, uh, it, it's, it's whatever is important to you. Yes, ab- absolutely. And, you know, the, the, also the point I often make is that these all, all this work is really, really important when you're thinking about who do you want to work for and, and the kind of organisation you'd want to work for and all of those things. But in some ways it's even more important when you're self-employed or when you're starting your own business because then you get to choose, right? You get to choose everything. And you want to be able to set yourself up in such a way that, that, you, that you are playing to your energising strengths and that you are doing the things that interest you, etc. But particularly with your values, you know, you get to choose who, what kind of work you do, who you serve, who you, who, who you provide that work for. And that definitely you want your values to come into your strategy around how you build your business, yeah, so that it fits right with you. So let's... Imagine that we're sitting here and, you know, you've got people who are thinking potentially, hey, I've got this job. It's okay. It doesn't get me going in the morning, but I do it, you know, and, 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 uh, and, and it's a job. So now I've got this opportunity during lockdown to kind of think and ponder the future, but, but I don't actually know what, you know what else could I do or what else could I be interested in. You talk in your blog, uh, the third point or section is around sort of exploring your interests and expanding your skill set. How should people start thinking about that sort of next step? I guess first it's getting into that mindset as you get to choose. You know, when you're thinking about, oh, I'm a bit bored and I'm a bit, it doesn't inspire me what, what I've been doing in recent years for a job. First get into that mindset that it's your life, you get to choose. Yes, start to gather clues about, well, what would that look like if it was, you know, um, what would your preferences be and, and all of that. There's a whole list of things that I go through in the um, in the article, which is also what I work through with people. You know, there's with people in the in the sessions. Sorry, in the in the process, I take people through. But yeah, there's so it's identifying those energizing strengths. What are the skills that you enjoy using, rather than just what you can do? There's the values that we've talked about, but there's also the interests. And the thing is that it's. People often will say, oh, I don't really know what I'm interested in. You know, their lives are so busy and they're just doing ridiculous hours at work and they've got other other demands outside. And when they actually stop to sit down and have a think about it and you say, well, you know, what are you interested in? I, say, oh, I don't know. <laughs> you know I'm, but I'm really lost. I haven't, haven't had time. What's a hobby? I haven't had time for that. Not since I was little, you know. Um, so this is a time where you can start to explore explore your and develop your interests so there might be a whole heap of online courses that you've often thought about doing but you've been too busy or maybe there's there's books that you've had piled high in your lounge just waiting to be read but there's not been the time and and just notice it's again it's that's clue finding what what's attracting you you know what what are the topics and the books what sort of articles do you click on what sort of posts do you most click on in the in facebook and social media and just start to just be really mindful and notice and then go and actually spend the time doing the course to sign up for the there's lots of free ones 
Um, and I've added a couple of links onto my, my article there too, but there's, there's lots of free online courses you can do. And especially now, people are, there's a lot of uh, companies that are actually offering them for free during this time. Some of them, some of them are always free, other ones are, you know, subscribe to, but it's a, it's an ideal time to be, um, just testing out some of these things, even if they are initially because you're just curious. The more you, develop your hobbies the more you develop your interests then the more likely it is that they might one day be something you've paid for wouldn't that be great <laughs> absolutely there's an awesome website uh, my brother put me onto just recently called edx edx um e for elephant d for david x for elephant dot uh, org dot uh, org which is a whole bunch of free courses i'm currently doing a I've set up a, a harvard university published course on computer science um wow the the quality is is exceptional and uh it's a non-profit organization which puts these courses online so uh and you've got some awesome links in your article too so there's some wonderful resources out there uh, especially if you've got a bit of um you need to fill a bit of time at the moment Yes. Lucy, that's awesome advice. One other thing I thought maybe I touched on before we before we finished up was, you know, we when we were prepping for this chat, uh, spoke about, um, you know, should people people be scared of what future employers will think if they've been made redundant and, and how they should think about that. And something I really liked that you said was that you have the opportunity to uh, control the narrative for yourself moving forward. And I thought that was really, really powerful. What do you mean by control the narrative? Is there anything you'd like to, to add to that? Yeah, people often worry about, I, I think I mentioned this before when I was talking about the mindsets, but people often worry about how their career decisions might have, you know, negatively impact their future job prospects. Like maybe they've had, they've, they've stayed in places for too short a period of time and they've had too many different um, experiences that don't seem cohesive or other ones who feel that they haven't had enough experience and they've been in the, in the same place for, for too long. So what I say to them is you get to front foot the narrative about your career. Nobody knows your career like you do. And once you have some clarity around the direction that you're heading and what you're looking for, then you can um, basically make those connections for people don't make assumptions that they're going to understand that everything you've done in the past leads you ideally to this new thing you need to do that for them and draw out the threads from you know the the reason why all of that eclectic looking kind of work history why that ideally leads you to this new job because you've had so much ex experience with um, such a diverse range of people. Even in, if you've been in one place for a long time, there's different opportunities within that. There's different things you will have done within that and also how you might have interests outside of work that are relevant and other transferable skills. Happy to share myself as a specific example of that where had been a real estate agent for 13 years and um, a very sales focused kind of role but the yeah the, I never really enjoyed the selling side of the of the business I enjoy the the people side and the solving problems side and sort of coaching people through these personal life changes so we talked a lot about that how if I was looking for different opportunities it may be easy for people to sort of pigeonhole you into oh you're going to be good at sales because you were good at real estate and you know i would have to be really careful to control that narrative to say 
uh, frame it in a way of, of what I'm looking to be able to do and, and what sort of work I would find energizing moving forward rather than getting having someone else sort of assume what what I'm going to be best at. Absolutely. I remember back in my back in my previous incarnation in the communications profession, my mantra used to always be make it easy for people to do the right thing. Yeah. So when you're thinking about your communications, you think, what do you want them to do? Make it easy for them. And in the case of employment, it's make it easy for them to see, to give you the job, make it easy for them to see how you are the right, right one for that role. And the more clear you are about what it is that you want to emphasize, you know, the easier that's going to be. And well, for looking for the right goals in the first place, but also for kind of presenting that to um, either clients or, or um, future employers. So yeah, I mean, in your case, it wasn't by default, if you made the assumption, that'd probably be the sales, you know, but actually, it was all of that, what you loved about it was the interaction with the people, you know, that people connection and all of those things that you get when you're helping people getting into their um, new homes or, you know, that kind of thing. And so absolutely, people, that's why I say to people, don't spend too much time at the front end of a process of a, you know, when you're starting to think about your career, worrying about that, that how am I going to sell this or how's it going to look or how am I going to do it? Because the more clear you are, you know, once you go through a process and get really clear on what it is you're looking for and what would be ideal, et cetera, what you have to offer, it becomes much easier to tell that story. Now, so, from a personal, personal experience, I, when I sort of pondered career choices in the past, I'd always sit down and think, oh, well, what else would I want to do? And my brain would be empty and I couldn't think of something and I'd just then put it in the too hard basket. But um, mm. the nice thing about the process I went through with you was that, you know, the first four sessions I don't think we even discussed a specific role or opportunity or you know career choice it was it was all about mindset and understanding values and looking for strengths and that was really eye-opening for me and and uh, I think could be for a lot of other people too so if people are interested in in going further you're based in Wellington and you often meet with people face-to-face but you also do do some coaching online as well absolutely so um uh, I mean, obviously, it's all online now, and it will be for some weeks. But uh, yes, absolutely, we can we can run this process. I mean, I've been I've been referring to a process, so I do I have developed a structured six session kind of outline where I run people through, and it's like pieces of a puzzle, and it all comes together until they have this kind of solid foundation of of just a good insight and understanding about themselves. And it isn't about you have one or two sessions and then we come up with the one thing that you should do for the rest of your life, because as I often say to people, even if we did have that magic wand that would would say what that thing is, I doubt that would be very helpful because who knows what happens you know if it was that one thing that job might not even exist in in future and then you also might miss out on all the other opportunities that are there so it's more about building your capability it's that whole philosophy around you know um, teach someone to fish rather than give them a fish for a day that's that kind of thing so it's just building your understanding your um uh, ability then to whatever opportunities come up in the future, in the future world of work, then you are going to be better placed to research and test your theories on whether that's going to be a good fit for you based on all the work you've done. So so it's interesting when you said before 
uh, people, you'd had one or two sessions and people said, okay, so what are you going to do for your rest of your life? You know, and, and that's a struggle. I've had other clients say that, oh, I don't want them to ask me that because that's not what the process is about, you know, and I feel all this pressure to come up with this one thing that that's what I'm going to do. But, but you're absolutely right. It's not what the process is about. It, it's much more about understanding yourself and you're giving yourself permission to to think about what would be ideal and how do you best work and then whatever comes up you're going to be far better placed to to take those opportunities love it thank you so much lucy if people want to get in touch they can visit your wonderful website luminous consulting l-u-m-i-n-o-u-s consulting.co.nz there's heaps of cool blog articles there which you can check out and uh, if you go to the contact page, people can also book a free 15-minute phone call if they just want to reach out and just hear your voice and have a chat to you and see if the process might be useful for them, which is a really cool service. So thank you for doing that. And, and I know that that helped for me personally as well. So get in touch, people. Don't hesitate. Lucy is awesome. And I highly recommend it. <laughs> um, but in the meantime, we, we hope you found the subjects we covered today useful. I'll link to more information in the show notes. And Lucy, thank you so, so much for uh, giving up your time to to jump online and do this. I wholeheartedly appreciate it. Oh, you're absolutely welcome. Thank you for inviting me along. 